those moments are probably more powerful than any moment I just spent the last hour and a half in the cage. That elbow rub and that like arm on the shoulder, like how are you, that connection, that's the stuff that keeps them coming back for more. Hello and welcome to the Coaching the Mental Game of Softball podcast, where we share tips, strategies, and stories for how to develop resilient, cohesive, and confident teams. I'm Melanie Rushing and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith for another episode. In this episode, we'll discuss our guest's goals for the season for her team, leveling up the intensity of fall ball, dealing with possible obstacles, keeping the lines of communication open, and her why and support system. We've also got a challenge for you today. Make time for rubbing elbows. More on that at the end. But first, let's talk about you and your team and whether or not you're ready to level up your mental game. Softball coaches are getting better and better at coaching the mental game, especially now that we see the impact it has on our players both on and off the field. The challenge is most coaches are trying to piece it together themselves and do it all on their own. After a while, these passionate, dedicated coaches begin to get frustrated and burn out because they're putting so much work in and not seeing the growth they were hoping for. We figured out the remedy to this situation. We've created a system based on sports psychology, coaching leadership, and other trainings that helps coaches implement the mental game more without getting burned out in a way that players buy into and grow leaps and bounds from. Are you ready to level up your mental training program? Find out at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash level up. Now let's get to today's guest. She's one of the most powerful hitters and most solid catchers to ever grace our sport. She's a three-time Olympic medalist, World Cup champion, two-time World Championship winner, and two-time Pan American gold medalist. She's one of the most decorated players in the history of our sport, but now she's focused on developing those in her charge. She's coached for the National Pro Fast Pitch League and the Junior Women's National Team, all in addition to her current post where she's helped lead the team to seven straight NCAA tournament bids and improved the team's offensive stats in five major categories. She's the associate head coach of the San Diego State University Aztecs. Please welcome Stacy Newman Denise. Welcome, Coach. Well, thank you, ladies, for having me today. I'm excited to be with you. <laughs> thank you so much, Coach. We really appreciate your time, and we're excited to have you too. We have um, we pick your brain a little bit and ask you lots of great questions. So, uh, I'll just get go ahead and get started. And we want to know first what what big goals do you and your team have this season? You know, every, every year you, you step into, uh, to the fall and, and, you know, spend a lot of time as a, as a team and, and as, as a group talking about, you know, what, what are our goals for the season? And there's some obvious ones. I think, you know, every team wants to win their conference. Every team wants to go to the postseason. Um, you know, I think some programs talk about national championships. You know, at this point for us, you know, we have had a couple of down years, um, to be totally honest with you. We've had a couple of um, I'd say disappointing years where we haven't um, gotten into the postseason, and we've uh, we've been when really disappointed with that. And so for us, you know, we've really tried to focus on getting back to the basics, getting back to um, uh, the sort of fundamentals of the game, and and focusing on the positive things, and and really kind of redefining what we consider to be success within a game, um, a game setting, and and. Um, just just kind of getting back to our love of the game, because I think in some cases, in some ways, the last couple of years, um, we've gotten away from that and we've gotten too, too caught up in maybe statistics or, um, you know, sort of the, the, the outcomes as opposed to the processes that get us to those outcomes. Um, and we and we just didn't get the results that we wanted. And and I think that that 
sort of snowballed into a negative, um, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of negative self-talk, things that, as we know, don't help athletes perform. So, um, you know, we as a group spend a lot of time talking about, you know, let's just get back to what we know to be true, that if you're having fun, if you're enjoying each other's company and you're enjoying the competition and and the the the, the battle is fun, then the good stuff, the, 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 the positive outcomes will happen. You know, you can't make them happen. So um, that's, that's, it's maybe a little abstract, but that's been our focus going into this uh, 2019 season. Yeah, to us, that's not abstract at all. That's like awesome. <laughs> we love hearing that kind of stuff. So I, I got to know, how's it going so far? You guys have had, what, a couple of weeks of spring practice plus fall ball. How has the, the turnaround been? You know what? It's been good. We had um, we had a pretty good fall. So this one of one of the other um, sort of off season um, plan uh, implementations was we went into the fall season and generally we play uh, a heavy schedule. We I mean we only get I hate to say heavy schedule. We get eight eight fall competitions, so there, it can only be so heavy. But we typically play the majority of teams uh, of our competitions against junior colleges. And then we might pepper in a, a D2 or D3, maybe a D1. So in the, in the past, we might play USD, let's say, University of San Diego. So that would be our one Division One competition, um, you know, that kind of thing. This year, we went out and we, we, we said, you know what, let's challenge ourselves. Instead of, you know, getting out there and kind of beating up on some of these junior college teams and scoring a bunch of runs and feeling, getting this sort of uh, false sense of confidence, we took the approach of let's really put the put ourselves to the test and find out where we are, and um, get a more honest assessment of of um, of where we stand and who's who's ready to go. And so we played um, Cal State Fullerton, we played Long Beach State, we played USD, uh, we played UCLA. So we did some things this fall that we haven't done before, not at least not since I've been here. And you know we didn't we didn't win every game. But we really, we really liked the um, the the intensity level that it that it ramped things up. Um, the fall has a tendency to kind of be a little lackadaisical. In the past, it's been, you know, hey, we feel good. You know, again, we're scoring 10, 15 runs a game because we're playing, um, you know, a, a maybe lower level of competition. But this year, we didn't have that, so we were up against. These are teams we're going to battle against in the spring. So. Um, again, we didn't we didn't come out on top in all of these uh, competitions, but it was good challenges for us, and we and we really and we liked the way that our our players responded. Uh, our pitchers got challenged and and did some growing. You know, we saw some good progress from the start to the finish of the fall. So um, the fall definitely was a, was a was a good um, you know sort of climb. I would say we finished on a high note. We had a, a our last fall game. We played Cal State Fullerton, a really close game, and ended up coming out on top and it felt, it felt like a nice way to finish the fall season. Um, the spring has been, we haven't played any competitions yet, so it's, it's tough to really gauge, but the energy has been good. Um, you know, we're kind of in that place now. It's been two and a half, three weeks of practice and all of us are starting to get where you get antsy for the games. You know, it's like, okay, another practice, you know, as coaches, we're getting, um, uh, challenge to come up with in innovative practices day in and day out and keep the energy going. But um, we're just anxious to get on the field and, and get rolling. 
Coach, that's awesome. This, you know, we talk so, to so many coaches and we hear that word, the process all the time and which Mel and I absolutely love. And we talk about that because sometimes, you know, if you're a new coach, it might sound just like a word, right? So what does the process mean? And you've definitely gone through that as a player, obviously playing at the most elite level. Um, what types of obstacles as not only a player, but as a coach, um, do you foresee kind of getting in the way? Well, I think, again, these are, these are sort of um, catchphrases sometimes in, in, mm -hmm. in our sport of, you know, that we play a game of failure, right? Everyone talks about, you know, 33% of the time um, you're going to fail. You're going to be successful 33% of the time. If you're successful that, that often you are considered to be exceptional in, in this sport or at least above average. And there aren't many things in life you can do at 33% success rate that are going to be considered successful. So there's a lot of failure in our sport. So I think for us, when we, when we move into this, um, the early part of this spring is failure management. You know, if we don't see immediate results, um, sort of, you know, moving past last year's um, struggles, you know, we had a really, last year in particular, we had a really rough season. We lost a lot of games. We struggled offensively. We couldn't, you know, we couldn't score runs. We just, we had a rough go of it. And I think for the players, um, you know, all of us, and of course, you know, it's, it's as a coach and, and, you know, I, I put on my mom hat, you know, I want, I, I'm like, Oh, I want him to do, I want him to do well because I want that positive feeling to really permeate and to the confidence to just kind of swell. And if, cause you know, confidence begets confidence when you feel mm -hmm. good, that tends to uh, positively impact the next at bat in the next game. And, and then, and on we go as the season progresses. So if we have, you know, some early struggles, can we, can we move past them or are we going to get back into the, Oh my God, this feels like last year, you know? Mm -hmm. um, oh, here we are again. So that, that worries us, you know, how can we, can we fight that the urge to, to, to start questioning? Oh my gosh, maybe I'm just not that good. Maybe, Maybe last year it wasn't a fluke, um, you know, so being, so for us to be able to, to battle through the inevitable Ofer games that are going to come in the early part of the spring and be able to say, Hey, no big deal. It's all good. Like, you know, and, and not have these like, you know, flashbacks to, Oh man, this feels like last year and last year felt a whole lot of awful. So um, I would say that's, that's a challenge that, that as coaches, we, you know, I don't know that we've sat around and talked about it, but I know that's, in the back of all of our minds, you know, if we don't find kind of immediate good, you know, success early in the season, you know, are we going to get super tight and, and, and stress and press and, and try too hard? Or are we going to be able to really just lean back on the focus that we've had this whole, this whole year of the process? It's okay. Like we didn't win the game. You didn't get the hit, but you moved the runner. You had a quality at bat, et cetera, et cetera. And all the things that we've outlined. So the, the fear is, if we're, if we, if we do go there, you know, can we, can we work our way out of it and not spiral into, again, flashing back to some of the past struggles that we may have had. Mm -hmm. And that's a real fear because that it did happen. Uh, there are going to be triggers for sure. We know our game, but I think we as coaches, <laughs> it's even harder because we want to help them, but we really can't in that moment. So I think the only thing we can do is, at least maintain our perspective on things. I found that was really hard for me as a coach. Like 
I know they're reading on my face, but I'm still, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm still flashing back myself. So what are some things you guys do as a staff or will plan to do as a staff to help maintain your steady belief, not succumb to that up and down feeling of confidence that comes with failures? Right. Well, it, 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 you know, preemptively. So as I said, you know, we've spent a lot of time with the team, not just as a staff, but also with our team talking about, you know, what is our definition of, of what are the things that we think are, are going to be uh, important to, for us to be successful and how are we going to define success? Um, it's not just going to be batting average and, and, you know, how many RBIs do I have and how many home runs do I hit? But it's, you know, it's about, you know, creating runs and it's about moving runners and this, you know, the sacrifice bun and the sacrifice hit and, and, you know, maybe a fielder's choice, whatever things I have, to, I, I need to do to just move a runner, put her in scoring position. I don't have to get a hit to score a run as we know, like there's lots of ways to score runs that don't involve me quote unquote clutching up, you know, that, that, that's, that incites pressure. And, you know, we're trying to relieve the pressure. Let's, Let's make it. Um, uh, let's let's take as much of that off of you as we can. So so we spent again spent time um, breaking it down on how do we want to define um, what are the things that we want to track. So we've got a, a a list of all of all the things that we as a team want to pay attention to, and we've got charts. We've got a, a gigantic uh, board that we that we're actually in the process as we speak of putting together. Um, and every, every game for the entire season is, is on this board. So it's got 56 slots and all, I'm not quite sure how many categories. I think there's, let's say there's you know 16, maybe, um, different things that we're tracking. So it's, you know, quality at bat. And that could be, you know, a hit, a walk, a hit by pitch, um, a sacrifice, a sack fly, boom, boom, boom. All these different things, ways that I can have a quality at bat that doesn't have anything to do with hit. Um, we want to have, um, we want to, you know, and their offense, defense, there's pitching goals. So the pitchers are going to go um, defensively. We're going to have, uh, our goal is to have three or less free bases that we're going to give up. And that's, that could be a walk. That could be an error. That could be um, a brain fart. Like, you know, I'm, I, I'm snoozing and I, I vacate second base and the runner, you know, steals second. So it could be any, any kind of like what we consider to be a free base that we just gave them an extra base they shouldn't have had. Um, so we really, really broke it pretty, very detailed on all the things we wanted to look at. And then we made a corresponding chart that's going to be in the dugout that the players um, either on the bench or, you know, if we're on offense, the, the, the players that are in the dugout at that time are going to be paying attention to. So it's a, it's a way for that we feel it's a, we've never done something quite like this. We've done versions of this, but not this detailed and focused. But um, we're hoping that this will take the focus off of, um, again, off of the pressure of, did I get a hit? Did I get an RBI? Did I, but we're breaking, like we can, we can look at that board and see lots of, lots of um, stickers in those columns. And we may have still lost the game. But we did a lot of other things really well. Um, and, and really, as we know, most of those, if we get a lot of those stickers, if we accomplish those things, we're probably going to win a lot of games. So, you know, we'll see. And, and, and it's also a moving target. And we talked about that as well. Hey, we're starting off with 
the goal being 50% or 75% on certain, certain things. And maybe we'll say, you know what? That's too easy. That's just, that's simple. Like we need to challenge ourselves. Let's bump that up. Or maybe we find, you know what? That's, that's real tough. Let's make it more realistic and, and adjust as we go. But we really wanted to just every, you know, after every game or every Tuesday at the end of the week, kind of debrief and say, how did we do? And um, we're hoping that that can um, take away the individual um, spotlight and make it as a team effort. Did we do these things as a team? Not so much me, did I get my job done, but did everybody get their job done? And really those stickers kind of represent, right, the, the process that, right. that you talk about, right, of actually getting getting the, the sticker. So it's not just the sticker that, that it's not just about the sticker, right? It's about that entire process of getting there. Right, exactly. So so in order to, you, you earn that sticker by getting, by doing the little things um, and, and as a team doing the little things. So mm-hmm. I'm not tracking whether or not, you know, so-and-so was, you know, three for five or she, you know, struck out three times. I, it, it's more about, it's a percentage. So we're going to have, as we know, we're going to have strikeouts. We're going to have errors. But as a team, can we keep it? Can we score? Um, uh, can we score in four more innings? Can we, as a defensive team, can we keep them from scoring in three? I, I can't, I'm going off the top of my head, but, you know, three or less innings. You know, things like that, that we're, we're and, I, and there's no real, uh, there's no definitive on what's going to, what's a determinant on whether or not this is going to create a victory or not. We're just, again, we're just hoping to kind of redefine the way we, our players and, and program looks at, at a game and at a success within the game. I think that is so cool. And I've done something similar. And I think the coolest thing is to see the girls shift their focus into all right, this is my goal to get these stickers for these things that are controllable. <laughs> but then, okay, what do I need to do to help contribute to that? Not just oh, what, I, what I have to do to keep myself in the lineup or what I have to do to get into the lineup. Um, so I think that's the really cool thing is to see how each player figures out their own how. Have you seen some of that with your girls of, hey, maybe one player has too many brain farts and realizes, okay, I need to work on my focus. Or maybe another player realizes, yeah, I do put too much pressure on myself when I'm on the mound. Have you seen some of those things start to pop up? Well, I think, I think right now we're at the point where they are, they identify, they identify where their, where their shortcomings are, but it's in the moment being able to redirect that and get it back. That that's the, that's the challenge. I think we learned a lot last year and, and, you know, one thing that I thought was a very powerful, you know, a powerful point and it, and we didn't do a ton of it, but early in the year, you know, some discussion about last year came up and not, not, you know, not harping on it, but as, you know, as coaches, it came up, you know, in, in, in team meetings a couple of times. And at, at a certain point, I don't remember if it was a particular player or just kind of a feeling that we all, that we all sort of came to the same conclusion, you know, let's stop talking about last year. You know, those of us that were there, we all, we all remember, you know, it, 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 it sucked. <laughs> and we really, you know, harping on it and, 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 um, you know, just hammering the point. It, it's, it's a dead horse. It's dead and we don't need to beat it anymore. 
So let's move on and let's talk about how we're going to change things, what we're going to do, how we're going to, how we're going to get better and what we're going to do differently. And that was pretty liberating. I think for honestly, even as coaches, it was, it was a liberating moment because we really did need to just put it to bed. You know, there's, you can learn a lot and we did. And I really do think we learned a lot from, from the struggles, but you got to be able to just, okay, file it away, done, gone, ancient history, boom. Now next pitch next, you know, in our case, next season, let's, let's move forward. So I think for the players, it's still abstract because they haven't been on the field other than the fall competitions, which is, uh, you know, it's an indicator, but it's not the real deal. You know, you're not in a uniform that nothing counts. It doesn't count. It's, there's still, there's still a, there's still a, 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 a cushion on the other end of the cliff, you know, on that one, you know, you know, you, you're not going well in two and two and a half weeks. There's no, it's not, it's the real deal. So we will find out a lot more about whether or not we've really moved past and where we are um, in the first couple of weeks. So I think that's what we're all looking forward to is getting out on that field and, and being able to just advance and really, really move past last year and anything we dealt with. We had happened something similar in previous years where we had a really successful year. And then the next year came and we kept harping on last year and last year. And I think that that made those kids play so tight because it started to add this undue pressure. Um, and I didn't realize that I was probably adding that by talking about it. So one day we literally drew a line in the sand and said, okay, from now on, we will no longer speak about last year because regardless of what the situation was last year, um, whether you won or didn't, if you had a good year or a bad year, I think harping on that is also just living in the past. And so I think that's great that that self-recognition sometimes is what is what we need as coaches, because I didn't realize that that's what I was doing to my players. Right. Well, and I don't think we did either. I, I actually, if I, I'm trying to recall how it all came up, but I think it was a, one of our seniors that kind of very respectfully and professionally, you know, kind of just said, you know, I, I think it would be really, really great if we just kind of stopped talking about last year. And, and all of us said, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, let's just shut up about it, move <laughs> on. And, you know, fine. You know, we're, we're, it's not, it's not going to change, you know, it's not going to change what happened. And, and um, we gotta, we gotta get better and, and we can learn from it, but it's, it's, and, and it's not fair to the people that weren't there. That was the other thing is that we have quite a few new players between freshmen and, and a, a couple of transfers, a handful of transfers. So we have, you know, I think it's like seven ish new people. So those people weren't even here last year. So talking about last year and referencing that, they don't have a frame of reference for, for what went on. I mean, they could, you know, they might have known we didn't have a good year, but they don't really know they weren't in the, they weren't in the circle. So that was the other part of it too. And, and it just made sense. And it was, it was very freeing and kind of a release and let's go and let's move forward. So speaking about that communication that you had with, with that individual, what type of other communication um, or what other strategies do you use to keep those lines open of communication with all of your team? Well, we do, we do regular um, individual meetings. So we do, well, I shouldn't say regular. We do three times a year. So we do one in the middle of the fall, one at the end of the fall. And then typically we do one at the end of the spring, um, end of the year, kind of um, sort of a formal check-in. Now the informal check-ins is something that we 
as a staff are continually talking about doing a better job of. Because I think that's something that, um, I think some people are better, some, and I say people, some coaches have a better uh, pulse maybe on when those are necessary, um, when, when they're called for. Uh, you know, and as a staff, we have all kind of said, you know, maybe we're, maybe we need to do more of these because they always feel, I think the players always feel really good after we do them. So we're like, why don't we do them more often? So we've, we tip, we used to only do two a year, one at the end of the fall and one at the end of the spring. And, and last year we said, you know, let's do it more often. So we did one mid fall this past fall. And I think it's just a good Sometimes you don't even have to have an agenda, but just a way for them to, you know, hear what you're thinking. You, for us to hear what they're thinking. Um, just that open lines of communication, because we'd like to think they're comfortable enough to come in and say, hey, coach, I've got a question. I'd like to know, you know, what's, what your thoughts are, you know, ask the question. But as we know, these, the, the, you know, communication skills are, are waning. In young in young people, they're just they're not getting better. I mean, and and I've I've listened to podcasts and read books and and heard coaches speak, and it's 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 progressively worsening that young college age women and men, for that matter, are just becoming less and less comfortable with the idea of going in to sit down with their coach and have a conversation. So unless we create those opportunities, or you have a very mature young woman who says, hey coach, can we have a conversation? That's just, that's very rare. So we have to create those in, or, or, or just make them happen. So that's something where in the spring, finding the time is a challenge, I think. But, um, you know, we did talk about this fall, having it in the fall was great. So we, we probably will try to do that in the spring as well. Somewhere in the spring, find time to sit down with, with everybody for 20 minutes and just kind of check in and see how they're doing. And, and those are the formals, the formal sit downs. There's also just, I personally like to, um, you know, rub elbows and just, you know, we're standing on the sideline in between a drill at practice and just, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, you seem a little bit quiet or you seem a little down or you're a little bit flat. Everything is everything. Okay. Um, what's happening, you know? And, and, and one thing that, um, again, I think coaches sometimes, and I don't even know if this is a coach thing. I think this is kind of a human thing. I don't know that we always give, our fellow humans the benefit of the doubt in the sense that um, I think we're quick to think, Oh God, she's in a bad mood. What the heck's going on with her? You know, you know, what, what crawled up her backside and, and put her in a bad mood? You know, we kind of go to a more critical place instead of a, man, I wonder what's going cool. I hope everything's okay. Because I swear so many times I, I, I probably, I could count them on two hands. There's been something going on with a player that's acting a little bit out of sorts. And my first thought is, God, you know, she's being dramatic or she, you know, I, I do, I, I'll be honest. I'm thinking something kind of negative and then come to find out, you know, her mom is in the hospital. Her grandmother is sick. You know, her boyfriend just dumped her. Something pretty serious just happened. And, and so there's, there's sort of a reason why she's in that place. Not just she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Now, there are days where it's just she woke up on the wrong side of the bed and that stuff, yeah, as a coach, that's kind of irritating, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I don't mm -hmm. have a whole lot of time to, I, I don't have a lot of patience for that. But so many times it's really more than that. 
And I don't, and, and I don't, I didn't take the time and shame on me. I didn't take the time to just it, simply say, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And you, you'd be amazed that simple little elbow rub connection just make, can make such a difference. And so for me, that's something that I personally have made as a goal to work on is to be better as a staff. We've, you know, we talked about that, obviously the formal sit downs as well, but so much, you can so much trust and um, so much uh, stress relief can happen just in those elbow rubs, you know, where you doesn't have to be a sit down, have coffee. It can just be on the sideline at the end of the dugout between innings, you know, put your arm on her shoulder, eye contact. Hey, it's all good. You're going to be fine. Hey, you know, uh, you know, whatever. It's just some, some little keyword thing, just a, a human to human connection. Boom. And they're, and, and they can snap out of their funk. So, um, you know, those are, those are some of the, some of the things as a staff we're working on and, and obviously for myself as well. Oh, that is so huge. And I have been there too. <laughs> totally judgy. <laughs> like, what is your problem? I put all this work into you and I'm not grumpy. Why are you grumpy? <laughs> like, right, right. And I, I'm not proud to say that. I'm not proud to, no. to say that. But I think that's, I don't, I don't think I'm unusual that that's where my head Mm-mm. goes, you know? And I think, I mean, it's, it's just like any relationship, you know, my husband comes home from work and I'm like, man, you know, you're just, you're, you're just, you're just kind of a, a black cloud, you know, what happened? And well, something actually kind of gnarly went down at work today. And, and I didn't, instead of like having a little more like empathy, like, Hey, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Checking in that way. I, it, it, it goes a lot further and maybe, you know, maybe he's just being a jerk, you know, and, and that's, that happens too. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I think when we're dealing with these young women in this pretty tumultuous time of their lives, I think, um, a, a dose of a little more um, empathy and, 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 and as, as my boss would say, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's not just that they're being sourpusses, but actually, you know, something is going on that they're dealing with that we mm-hmm. have no idea about. Mm-hmm. I think the main issue with our headspace is <laughs> we don't have that time. Like you said, like we're thinking about the next, five drills we've got to run we're trying to keep track of 20 people in front of us trying to give them uh feedback and coaching i finally got to the point and actually talking with alicia this past year with um how she works with her team i realized like you know what if i want this space almost it's almost like mental space to be able to notice when they're off and be able to take the time to go get to know i have to set time where i am just walking around and noticing things (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and I think, um, you know, it it sort of depends um, what your role is as a coach also, because I think I notice um, not that I watch a ton of other teams practice, but I feel like uh, this is going to sound weird, but like um, hard knocks, you know, that show on HBO, the the NFL show that they go Mm -hmm. all around an NFL team in their, in their spring training or whatever they call their preseason. And the, and the structure of an NFL team, they've got, you know, 26 coaches for, you know, 50 guys or whatever. But they, the head coach, that's what he does, right? He, he observes, he, he moseys, he doesn't, he's not in there snapping the football and, and breaking, you know, he's not breaking down film necessarily. He's kind of 
you know, sort of the conductor, if you will. He's out there and, you know, I don't have that. I don't very often get that luxury. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm in the cage with the hitters or, you know, and, and sometimes I do, sometimes I'm in a situation where maybe the defense is doing something and, and the, you know, I'm kind of as an assistant coach, I get the ability to sort of kind of wander a little bit and, and it's great. It's wonderful, you know, and, but it's, but it's also, it's having that space, but then it's also having, um, telling yourself I'm going to take advantage of this time I have to do that. And I'm going to, I'm going to plan that when I do have that time. So it's conscious, the consciousness of, okay, I have the moment I'm, I'm floating, I'm conducting right now this practice. I'm just kind of watching not, but, but not allowing yourself just to kind of like have a ticket and spectate, but really being, okay, so this is my opportunity to see how, to really kind of see how everybody's doing. So it's a commitment, I think as a coach as well, that I'm going to take advantage of, of those moments to see what I can see instead of, Oh, I'm not, I'm not in the cage right now. Let me just see if I can, you know, daydream for a few minutes and catch my breath. I'm actually going to take those <laughs> right. few minutes, right. I'm going to take those few minutes to actually do something that, that might. And the, the crazy thing is, and, and this is what I love about what I love about coaching is those moments are probably more powerful than any moment I just spent the last hour and a half in the cage, right? Like that elbow rub and that like arm on the shoulder, like, how are you? That connection, like that's the stuff that the players will remember more than any adjustment you made to their swing or to their mechanics or to the softball. Like that's just, that doesn't even matter, but you like connected with a human being. So that's the stuff that's, that keeps them coming back for more. That's what makes a program a culture. That's what creates trust and makes people care about each other. And they, that's the know you care about them. It's not easy to do. It's not. It's hard to find the time. But when you do find the time and you make those genuine connections, that's what makes it all worth it. You know. And and we're not. I'm not as good as it is. I'd like to be. I I want to be much much better. But when it happens, I'm like, there it is. Like that's the gold. That's the liquid gold that I I want more and more of. And and why I do what I do. Preach. That's so good. <laughs> so with you there. And that follows perfectly into our final question before we let you go. So I think part of the issue with coaches, A, not having the time and space to be able to do all this, but we're also exhausted. So how in your world do you find support? Who do you go to to make sure you're refreshed after each of these grueling days, grueling seasons, or even just a grueling game? I feel, I honestly feel very fortunate because I really, I, the staff that I work with are, they're phenomenal coaches, but we have, we just have a great connection and we have a lot of fun. Like we, we laugh a lot. And I remember I'd been, so at San Diego State, myself, um, so Kathy Van Wyk is our head coach. I'm associate head coach. And then Mia Ferguson is our, um, our other assistant. And the three of us have been together for 10 years now. And at the mid-major or division one level, that's pretty unusual. Like it's just, it's not common. A lot of times this level is a place where coaches come and then they, you know, they move on, they become head coaches, they advance, they, it's just, it's not often that you see staffs really stay together for this amount of time. So we have a really, really good bond and relationship. So in that way, 
I feel very fortunate that we can have, I mean, we have like legit disagreements. I mean, we have like, we have, I don't want to say fights, but I mean, we go at it and we heartily disagree. And I, I fully will disagree with my boss and she'll totally hear me out and we'll go after it. And then sometimes she'll say, I hear you. Let me think about it. Sometimes she'll say, Hey, I'm the boss. Like, this is the way it's going to be. But the respect level never changes. Um, so I can't, that part of it, my, my professional life is on point. Um, I a hundred percent love who I work with. So in that way, I feel like I have a really good just support system just in the people I'm with every day on the field. You know, my support system at home, my husband is, he's, he's the, you know, he's the, the wind beneath my wings, if you will. You know, he's the one that really does hold down the fort in spite of the fact that he's an attorney with a law practice and has his own crazy, ridiculous life and schedule and, you know, world that I can't even fully understand because it's like another level of <laughs> another level of complication that is yeah. out of my pay grade. You know, it's Same. like, it's impressive, you know, but we, we, we dance. It's, it's a dance that we do. And, you know, so I, I come and he has a sports background too. So he also gets it. Um, he was a coach, high school coach and teacher before he went to law school. So he has a coaching background. So we have a lot. I mean, he is, and he's just a sports guy. So he knows a lot about, um, not softball so much, but he just, he understands the challenges of coaching. Um, frankly, that's why he got out of coaching because he's like, man, it's just, it's a grind, you know, it's a grind. And it's, that's the irony of all of it. He's like, I got out of coaching and then I married a coach. Like what in the heck is wrong with me? Still dealing with a grind. <laughs> <laughs> Still dealing. Exactly. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I have, I have, my friends are, are jocks and coaches. I just, I have a really, a very wide net of, of resources. I mean, coach Enquist, my college coach is still like literally on my phone of my favorites, like list of like, you know, like on your phone, you've got like mom and dad, like husband, <laughs> you know, like coach Enquist is like still on my favorites page because <laughs> she's still someone I call, you know, when I'm, Hey, this is going on. And it could be about coaching. It could be about my kids. It could be about, um, I don't even know, scouting. I mean, all kinds of things. I'll ask her all kinds of stuff. And she's not even coaching anymore. But um, I just feel I'm so fortunate because I do have so many people in my corner that from a wide variety of places and, and backgrounds that all know me and love me and, and give me different perspectives. So I feel like I've got a great network of, of support that, that gets me through the day and sometimes talks me off the ledge if need be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a village, you know, it's a village to raise my family. And it's, I think it's a village to, uh, as a working mother to get through, to get through this, this world doing what we do with the family. Um, it's all of it, all of the above. I mean, it's, um, I lean on a lot of people and, I, and I do, I battle the, the guilt, the guilt train, like, like every other working mother does, but mm -hmm. I also lean on the other working coaching, coaching moms that feel the same way that I do. And there's, there is, there's, there's some peace in that solidarity, knowing that I'm not the only one feeling the way I feel. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy, but I, I still 
I'm still thankful to have the opportunities to do what I love and, and be in the sport that I love and, and passionate about in spite of the challenges that it presents. So agree there. And it, it's so true. It's a very unique job and you got to be a little crazy to do it, but it's worth it if you've got the support to get through those tough times. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We will let you get to that family. <laughs> she yes. wants to hang out with you after a long day. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, I appreciate you having me on today and um, best of luck to all of you in your seasons as well. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. And that is it for today's episode. Again, inspired by our conversation, we have another coaching challenge for you. Make time for rubbing elbows. Coaches get into this profession usually because they love the game and are competitive. They stay in the profession because of the connections we get to make with the players we're developing. The trouble is, with all the other responsibilities we have to take care of, it's sometimes hard to make those true connections. That's why we've put together this challenge. If connecting with your players is important to you, you have to somehow create the time and space for taking a step back and taking note of where they are. Some coaches may have the luxury of walking around during drills. Others may have to be more intentional and creative about using the small spaces before practice or between drills to check in on their players. Either way, if you take the time to make sure all the other planning is taken care of and make it a point to plan for that step back, even if it's just a couple minutes, you'll see that even the shortest of conversations and check-ins will go a long way for keeping a finger on the pulse of your team and helping each player feel cared for. We want to hear how you tackled this challenge and how your players responded. Give us a shout out on social media, shoot us a private message, or for our members, share it in the Dream Team Clubhouse. And that is a wrap for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week for another one. Have a good one.